Hi everybody, I am Deacon Dave and welcome to day 26 of Grace and Suffering, our Lenten journey. As always, I'm with AJ and today we're going to talk about the Paschal Mystery and we, I mean, we are right into the heart of things now, AJ. Yeah, and so I know what's coming, so I'm, I'm ready to, to listen and I hope everybody is um, inspired by what we're going to hear now. Yeah, th- this episode in particular, I think is uh, sort of when, when people ask me, how did y'all get through it? I think this was, well, we know, this was a very much of a turning point uh, for Jeff and myself. So I can I can honestly admit that I never really thought about the Paschal Mystery, and I'm not even sure I could have defined the Paschal Mystery uh, until, you know, the last several, several years. But basically, the Paschal Mystery is the life, death, and resurrection um, and ascension uh, of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when Jeff had been diagnosed, or actually it was right before he was diagnosed, we had the appointment where we thought we were going to get the ALS diagnosis. We met with our priest at the time, uh, Monsignor uh, Mike McCarron, and Jeff would meet with him <clears throat> frequently, about once a week, sort of as spiritual advice and, and direction. Yeah. And he was able to do that for about a year before Monsignor was um, transferred to another parish. But as much sad as we were to see him go, he set a foundation for Jeff. And about a year after he left, he wrote Jeff a letter. And I'm going to read parts of that letter in this episode and the next because it was an extremely powerful letter. And, and the timing was, was God's timing because we were ready to, to hear it, even though we didn't fully probably understand it initially. We were able to process it over the next uh, few months and years. And, and to start with, he talks a little bit. He addresses what we talked about very early on when we were talking about the emotions of suffering. We mm-hmm. talked about loneliness. Mm-hmm. And Deacon Dave mentioned that there's a difference between loneliness and solitude. And so uh, Monsignor Mike starts off um, early on in the letter kind of addressing that. He says, um, I mentioned something to you, again, he's written this to Jeff, that I feel moved to repeat. Serious illness, especially ALS, will isolate you as your body draws down and your physical abilities become more limited. Thus, it will be that this serious illness is inevitably one of two things, a prison or a hermitage. If it's the first, he says, it'll be marked by anger and rage, and it will dive deeper into, and you will dive deeper into the self, and it will grow darker and darker in depression. In the end, you'll be alone. And that's that loneliness that we talked about. But then he says, if it's the second, it will be a place in which you will meet the Lord himself, Sometimes the suffering Lord, sometimes the triumphant king, sometimes the dear friend. And I'm going to stop there because that alone, I think, is a powerful comment. And I knew when we we talked about loneliness early on, and you were mentioning that solitude is different, the image of a prison, which is what many people feel like ALS is, versus a hermitage, which I don't know that I've really thought about hermitage, but before, but I think it's a place sometimes where you go to get away, maybe where you go to rejuvenate. Um, yeah, one sounds like a prison sounds like it's cold and barren, mm-hmm. right, with very little stuff in there. Well, I don't know, when I when I think of Hermitage, I think of, of beautiful beauty. And, and so there's a lot of depth um, to experience in a Hermitage where in a prison, it is just a blank cell. So yeah, right. Big difference. Yeah, and it's interesting because Monsignor goes on to say that um, he says no particular hermitage uh, is is pretty to those who visit. So 
I can honestly say that people that visited Jeff, they wouldn't have gone, oh, yeah, I want ALS so I can be in your hermitage. It was something that sort of was like, oh, there's no way I would want that. I don't know how he does it. Um, and he says that they seem like places that are stripped and primitive uh, and most wonder how you can live there, which mm -hmm. people certainly did with Jeff. Um, and he says the truth is no one except the hermit who has been called to do so can live there. And to that person, it is a meeting place with the king, his Lord, his love. The more they meet, that is you and, and the Lord, the more beautiful it becomes. Many pilgrims will visit the place, are moved and graced by the hermit and what they find, but his struggles must be his own and his decision to stay must be made daily. There's so much to unpack there. I think the first thing is, is there's this, the solitude that we were talking about is described in there, right? And um, we're reading this book, uh, Silence in a Year by mm -hmm. Cardinal Sarah, and I read something this morning that I just want to share with everybody. It says, in the silence, um, it builds, silence of God builds a dam that helps to hold the water back, creating a calm lake. And that just really kind of resonated with me. And I think it's the same kind of thing with the hermitage here, right? Is that um, if you go to that place, you can remain calm, although everybody else may feel like what it is is chaos. Right. So your experience because of that solitude with God is completely different. And, and if I could go backwards, the this Paschal mystery that, that, that we're talking about and that's being described, we share in the Paschal mystery. We have our own crosses that we have to carry, just like you and Jeff have carried through ALS. Well, and that's exactly what he said next. He's like, okay. um, sadness and hurt will be present, yep. um, but they will become part of your own personal Paschal mystery, and they will redeem you. <clears throat> and this is the part that really got us thinking. <clears throat> they will redeem you and those for whom you suffer. Mm. And so, you know, first of all, I'm thinking to myself, Paschal mystery. I'm like, Jesus did that. Do I have a, I don't have a Paschal mystery. Does mm -hmm. Jeff have a Paschal mystery? So that concept in and of itself was just um, kind of mind blowing and, and, and led us to think about Jesus and his Paschal mystery a little bit more and how we might um, be able to be a part of that. And, you know, in, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, you know, is he telling us that, that Jeff having ALS um, can be part of what Jesus did to redeem us and to save us. Mm -hmm. um, that was a new concept to me. Um, but it was very powerful because he goes on to say, <clears throat> he asks us these questions. He says, for whom do you suffer? Uh, he says, this illness stinks. He goes, um, you, on the other hand, are not the illness. Your faith and love are still a powerful prayer and a force for people in your life. And he says, the biggest decisions now approaching are those of spirit. For whom do you accept this cross? How did y'all answer that? <laughs> kind of, what? <laughs> we talked about it a lot. And, and actually what we ultimately did, um, and not to jump ahead of myself a little bit, but, you know, but basically we just had to think about it. It's like, okay, number one, you know, he is asking us, um, you know, not just are we going to accept the cross? He, he's assuming we've already accepted it. Um, mm -hmm. And again, you know, accepting the cross to me is very different than accepting ALS. Mm -hmm. um, we surrendered to God, and by surrendering to God, I think that is what allowed Jeff to accept his cross of ALS. And in doing that, he was able to then think of it as, 
okay, this is the cross I have. I can do something with this. I can use this suffering for other people. And ultimately what we did, and it took us a little while to get there, and at some point in the letter, Monsignor actually even encouraged us to do this, is to ask the people who were helping us how we could pray for them. Yeah, and so look at what's happened here. When At the very beginning of Monsignor's letter, it talks about the fact that if you go inward, self-centeredness, you'll end up alone like you're in a prison. But what he said in this portion of the letter is, is that a selfless approach, approach where we participate in giving meaning to other people's lives inside of our own suffering, just like the suffering and death of Jesus gave meaning to our lives, getting rid of death. So it, it, it seems like it's so countercultural. It's just like, you want me to do what? You want me to be selfless in a time of suffering? And that's exactly what he's saying. That's exactly what the Lord right. did. That's exactly what we're called to do. And when we do that, it does become that beautiful hermitage that Monsignor has described. Well, and it's, um, it, I mean, obviously you can still <clears throat> think about yourself in that, but it's a matter of, in thinking about yourself, allow other people into that yes. and recognize that even though Jeff couldn't move or speak or, or eat um, the way normal people eat, he had so much to offer to people. And, you know, Pope John Paul has said this, the, the prayers of the suffering are the most powerful prayers. Mm-hmm. And that's who he always went to when he had a special intention, was people that were suffering and asked them to pray for him. Just think about that, because you're, I, so I had a lady who was, who was blind, and she didn't feel like she had any purpose and meaning, but she was going through great suffering. And there was another lady who was beginning to have serious struggles with mm-hmm. her eyesight. And, and she was really having a hard time. I gave her this other lady's number. Right. And that lady started in her blindness to minister to this other woman. Right. It was amazing what happened. And that's getting back to what we said in the last, last episode, that there are people out there who have been through what you're going through. Yeah. And if you can find a way to reach out to them and connect with them, it gives, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, people are like, oh, I have a friend who has ALS. Would you mind talking to him? I'm like, absolutely not, because by being able to talk to them, I feel like I'm doing something right. <laughs> continually with yeah, what it, Jeff and I went through. Exactly. It still has meaning and value. Exactly. Here's the thing I wanted to say that popped in my head while you were saying that, AJ, is that if you're going through some suffering or difficulty and you're still looking for purpose and meaning, your value has not been diminished in any way as a result of the suffering. Your value in no way has been diminished because of the suffering. Okay, and sometimes we have to figure out how God wants us to use it, right, right? And, and, and to really help with other people. Well, and honestly, it's not going to look anything like how you thought you might be able to help other people. Fair statement. You know, what, what Jeff used to do as a firefighter, that helped other people. Sure. And that was completely taken away before he even knew he had ALS. And so he had to look for a new way to help people. And, and honestly, he came up with a more powerful way. Not he, God, <laughs> through Jeff, came up with a more powerful way. I like that because, see, that's really the crucified Lord coming out through Jeff right. that was, was doing the ministering to other people. Yeah. I don't know how often I have been with people, and I really literally felt like as they were laying on the bed, I was sitting by the crucified Lord. Right. It's, an, it's an intense encounter with God um, that, that's happening there when both hearts are open to receiving what's going on. Right. And I I think I mentioned early on that I I felt like I had more purpose when Jeff was living and because Jeff was my living example of the face of Christ. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't have him, I 
kind of felt like I lost that, you know, living example. So now I've got to learn how to see that in everyone. <laughs> but you definitely can see it in people who are experiencing suffering. Well, AJ, in your own way, you have become that living example. Because while you didn't suffer from ALS, you suffered from everything that went along with being a caregiver and everything that goes along with now being left um, as a widower and everything that has to do with suffering and trying to find your purpose. So you are that face. And I'm very thankful because I think between the retreat and the podcast and the other things we're doing, um, your witness um, in your own way of being, and this may sound weird, but being the crucified Lord, right? In your own in your own little Paschal mysteries, right? It's it's reaching out and touching. God's reaching through you to touch other people. Any any other thoughts? I think that's all for today. Okay, I think I caught her off guard. I'll, I'll close in <laughs> prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Paschal mystery. Um, Lord, help us in the difficulties of our own life, the suffering of our own life, to recognize that you want them to be a hermitage a place where your glory is found, a place where value and meaning is found for us and for uh, others. Uh, Lord, help us to never let anything become a prison. Help us to reach out and ask for help uh, because, Lord, all you want to do is draw us closer. And so please do that and help us to um, just, just know that suffering does not have the final word, that death does not have the final word, that there's a resurrection in the Paschal mystery, a resurrection that we all experience and our own Paschal mysteries of life. And I ask that you bless everyone in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. We'll see you next time.